Here we go. Well, hopefully this is the first of many, but Mac, welcome to Nudge Coach Happy Hour. Great to be here. Isn't it exciting to be here? <laughs> yeah, this is going great, I can tell already. We've, we, this is uh, a whole lot of sitting at my computer all day, so this is a good change of pace. Yep, yep. The brain is fried. We're um, talking on, on a Friday. I'm going to go ahead and t- tell you it's Friday, August 7th, in case we never do this again, so we've just captured this moment. Um, but we will do this again. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that this is a chance for Mac and me to do a weekly kind of debrief on some of the questions and pain points and stuff that's just come up during the week. Um, and just for a little bit of context, um, you know, as we're having coaches and organizations come to us, look to create their coaching app, the questions that they're confronting, whether it's, you know, in transitioning to an online program, um, whether it's in launching uh, their own app, for the first time and, and con- confronting some of those questions for the first time. It's a lot that comes up and a lot of it's kind of new to a lot of people. So um, since we don't have a better format for addressing these and we want to get a lot more content out that's useful to everybody, Mac and I are just going to have start having weekly conversations about it every Friday. Well, here's, um, the, here's the thing. I don't, I don't think there's a good resource like this out there because I think there's a lot of training programs and as much as we put out content too, I don't think there's a good place to go that just gives you kind of an up-to-date what's happening right now and around remote and online coaching and my hope is in doing this just because we are having so many calls on the sales side or on the implementation side we're kind of seeing it the good the bad and the ugly and this Mm -hmm. is a way for us to just kind of have a format to just get it off our chest and while it's while it's new yeah it's so true and it's also like COVID is a great excuse to do kind of suboptimal presentations like this where it's literally <laughs> obviously just me and you at our computer hanging out. I don't know what you're talking about. I look fantastic right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mac last showered a week ago Thursday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure the whole world's wearing pajamas right now. And the, that, that reminds me of the meme I think we've talked about before where it shows what people looked like at the beginning of COVID on video conferences where they're wearing like button down shirts and jackets yep. trying to make it look very professional. Now we're just all wearing pajamas. Yeah, so. absolutely. Like the case in point of that was that guy that famously did a TV interview on Zoom and didn't have any pants on. Yep. Um, yep. So he was like the transition point, I feel like. That's true. Like That's he been- had, a, had a suit going on up here, but not so much going down, yeah, going so on much. down there. Yeah. No. Um, not what you want. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. Um, so it is happy hour, so we might have a beer in our hands at times. Um, we're c- calling in from Richmond, Virginia, so quick shout out to Hardywood. Uh, <laughs> they're not paying for that advertisement. Um, but all right, Mac, let's, let's jump in. Although there are a couple things going on that I guess in the world right now that are worth noting. One, COVID, hence we're doing this like this. Um, two Champions League just came back. Mac is a big yeah. Champions League fan for sure. Me too, but Mac was actually watching it while he was finishing up his work. You're watching it. It's here to the side as we're going. <laughs> so if you if you see him just start yelling at a screen somewhere off to the side, that's what's going on. Um, I've been watching and enjoying very much the NBA and the bubble restart. Um, <laughs> that's that's really making me happy. I've got to say that presentation is much better than I expected with no fans. So shout out to the NBA. The way we brand this to the bubble. I do like that as like a brand. That's like yeah. a good brand concept. This is like I, nudge in the bubble. I agree. <laughs> nudge in the bubble, nudge coach happy hour. We're going to merge all these ideas into something that we can run with going yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, this is actually going to become a very valuable 
soundbite here in a minute, but we had to. <laughs> yeah, when are we going to get to it? I think everyone, though, on a Friday, like everyone has that like 15 to 20 minute period where you just kind of have to like let your brain unwind a little bit. And that's kind of what we're doing right now. This is it. Um, well, all right, let's, let's get serious then for a minute. I know one of the biggest, at least areas of conversation we've had this week um, with partners who are going through some of these transitions, trying to get these coaching programs up and running. By the way, did everybody just hear my baby cry? I just had a kid. My first kid um, was born three weeks ago. And I don't know if you caught that on, on the microphone or not, but there was baby crying in the background. Get ready for, for yeah, more. I don't think I heard that. I thought it was a bird, actually. So. <laughs> not a bird. Okay. Sounds a lot bird. like a bird. <laughs> um, anyway, back to one of the primary topics that's been coming up this week in our conversations is really the role of content in coaching programs um, that are being delivered online remotely. Um, how to deliver it, question that comes up a lot. Um, and then there's, there's probably some deeper kind of conceptual conversations that we can have off of this topic. So yeah, I guess starting there and here regarding content, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess there are several places we could start with this. Um, you know, the most common is, you know, we start working with someone who's been coaching, either running a program that has an in-person element or is already online to some extent, but they're kind of distributing content or have content available in multiple different places. The question often starts with, hey, what's the best way for me to share this stuff that I have? Um, and that comes within the context of, you know, I have this coaching app now that I've started using now that I've started plugging things into Nudge, um, is some of my content more better suited for sending via an in-app message versus via email? What is the role of this content? I think we just need to dig in on this a little bit, Mac. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it's kind of amazing to me, I have to tell you, because I think content is very much like the skeleton of a program. And when I say program, I think that can either be something like a six-week you know, a very defined program or even something evergreen. I just think it's, it's the skeleton, right? You kind of coach around it. And I'm, I'm kind of intrigued with, and we were talking about this earlier, that it seems like people are becoming more skittish about email for content, which, as I mentioned, I still think email is a great content delivery mechanism, and especially in terms of like consistency. But also, too, it seems like I think there are a lot of questions regarding where do you start with content? And a lot of people, it seems like are almost overwhelmed by the idea of having to put content together to begin with. Like there's almost too much out there. And that kind of begs the question then of kind of, we we're talking about a little while ago, like the commoditization of content. Cause I know we've had some people asking us recently, like, Hey, do you have contents already baked in there? It seems like people are kind of getting to the point they want to jump ahead of that mm -hmm. and just kind of done for you out of the box. Yeah. And there are places people can go for some of this. So I know in, for example, like the nutrition realm, you'll see services cropping up all over the place where you can kind of go and find a bunch of recipes that are kind of pre-baked in a certain way that you can deliver. Um, there's a lot of this kind of pre-baked content that's out there. Um, and there's definitely a role for that. I think one of the reasons that that's so appealing to pe people, not just the kind of time and effort that goes into creating original content, but also it's just fundamentally easier to critique and make changes to something that already exists than it is to create something from scratch. 
Like there's just a lot less of kind of creative effort that goes into that initially. Um, like if, if I'm looking at a design right now um, that our designers put together, it's a lot easier for me to say what I, you know, would maybe change about it than to actually come up with that amazing idea that he had in the first place. Um, so there's a real value to a lot of this stuff. And I think, you know, it's, it's something that people should be seeking out to some extent, you know, I, I think it's, there's a balance that needs to be had though. Right, Mac? Yeah. I, it's funny you say that. Cause I actually realized was uh, talking about this with one of our implementation partners the other day. And we we're talking about um, creating kind of a, well, this kid gets the other question I had that kind of came up this week around branding and the idea of when you, when you go remote or go digital, is, do you need to kind of draw a line to almost create a new brand for your digital side or is it all kind of encompassed in one? But that's, that's probably a different topic. But long story short, we were talking about putting together a new email list and starting to nurture those people and like email sequencing. And it, you know, if you're not familiar, there's a, there's a platform out there called drip scripts, which exactly your point, Phil, you kind of pick the scenario of the, what different type of email sequence you would need, then you can kind of dive in, change the name of the product, change the name of like, you know, the pain point itself, you know, yada, yada, yada. So then you can just kind of leverage that email sequence. So you remove that whole idea of kind of starting from scratch and like, where do you, where do you even begin? So it does seem like this is kind of what people want now is the get me 90% there. I'll do that last 10%. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a real value that, I mean, creative people of all sort can be providing too. If you're out there also thinking about what can be kind of a side hustle for you, um, packaging some some content like this is not yeah. a bad idea. It it is kind of amazing, and it does seem like this has really gained momentum over the. I'd I'd even say, really since COVID, I think I've heard this a lot more during our implementations and sales calls because, and I think part of it may just stem from the situation of people scrambling to try to get something up and running quickly, mm-hmm. but. I'd even say beyond that, it's almost seeming like more of a, an expected thing of, hey, look, you know, whatever coaching system you're using, I, I know content's a part, to, you know, maybe as a part to play, maybe they come and they already do have like a learning management system, which I still think a learning management system is a great way to deliver content, which if you're not familiar, the systems like Thinkific or Teachable or Kajabi allow you to kind of systematically you know, upload all your content, distribute it to, to users at the right time or based on some frequency. Mm-hmm. and it's really easy to tie systems like that into, into systems like Nudge or, or other systems. And I think it's just a great way to package it all up. But it seems like people are either kind of going down the, that route of, hey, I'm bringing with me an LMS, a learning management system with a course, or I want something that's 90% there that I can then just make some tweaks to in terms of maybe written content. Yeah. And I think it's worth kind of starting to dig into differentiating why you might keep something for just an email sequence, um, which for me, you know, I, I think it, it really correlates to kind of the stuff you would put on your main website or in a blog that is available for everybody. It's that kind of information that's going to show enough that you are a resource that people can trust and learn from uh, when it comes to the pain points that they have in their life that they're looking for coaching on. Um, you've been there and you know what it takes to get to whatever goal they're going to, and that's why they can trust you. Um, It's that type of high-level content that is great for a blog, great for an ongoing email sequence as people are going through the course of a program, just to keep them another channel to keep people re-engaged. Because if you think about one, say a program like an L, or a platform like an LMS, you still are relying on people to go and log into that, 
So, you know, they're not a hundred percent accessible there all the time. They may be fading, their engagement may be, you know, loosening up a little bit. They're not getting in there as often. What's the other way you're touching them to get them back into that stuff? That's by getting in their inbox and reminding them why they reached out to you in the first place. Um, so it's that kind of stuff that really is critical in terms of hitting those different channels like email. Um, I know a lot of coaches are really effective in social media as well. I'm not as good, so I don't go to that um, example as quickly personally. Um, but, you know, that's a similar, a similar way that that can be used in terms of another place where a lot of people are spending time where you can kind of redirect them back to, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of your program back into the places where they need to engage and, and dig a little deeper, whether that's inside a coaching app like Nudge or inside, you know, the LMS like Think It Big or something like that. Yeah, and this gets to the, um, and sorry if you hear background noise, I have a, a cat over my shoulder that just attacks something through the window, through the blinds. So it was entertaining on this side. I know you all couldn't see it, but um, it kind of big, comes back to the question I asked you earlier in terms of like, are we actually, are we seeing almost like a commoditization of content? And I say that my meaning, I think a lot, like I said, a lot of coaches and a lot of businesses, I have at least been seeing recently, I feel like are scrambling to the point of that 90-10 concept I mentioned that are we almost going to get to the point where people just expect to have something and something out of the box. And then the idea that is this, are we just, I'm just trying to figure out, is this going to go down a path of, are we going to start seeing more generic content that you kind of see from program to program to program? Cause we're all using similar templates or is there, you know, is this an opportunity to really stand out and differentiate yourselves through maybe really authentic, maybe video based content or other types of podcasts or something like this? Yeah. And, and we're certainly going to hope so if we're going to keep doing this. Um, but you know, something like this also, you know, you get to show some authenticity with a conversation like this, um, record something light, don't over edit it. Um, that's, that's accomplishing a different goal. I think, um, but also doing a great job of bringing people back in, reminding them why they trusted you in the first place. Um, and, you know, if I, we throw this on YouTube, just another channel that we can reach people anew um, and draw them in. Um, so, you know, these are great things to be doing. Um, I think you are definitely, to answer your actual question, going to see more and more of the kind of repurposing of existing content out there. I think things like the drip scripts guys are doing, are probably going to become way more common. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I think so yeah. much I'm of, not, I'm not trying to say like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of drip strip, so I'm not trying to, uh, you know, nail them in any way. Incredible email list to be on, by yeah. the way, he does, <laughs> Brian over there does a great job. Of that. Um, it, there's like, if you, if you aren't subscribed to that, by the way, it's like every other week you get like a whole bunch of just, specific business ideas that he would run with if he wasn't doing what he was doing, <laughs> which I think is kind of awesome. Um, uh, but again, that's a, that's all kind of really custom content that he's developing, but he's also supplementing that with um, kind of these, these scripts that people can grab um, and kind of make their own tweaks to. I think you'll see a lot more of that going forward. And it makes sense. A lot of, a lot of engaging people is the way and the timing in which you, you deliver a certain message, not necessarily always the content itself. Yeah. Um, you know, that stuff is created and was created because it has some value. So if you deliver it at the right time, then you're creating more value than 
you know, the other company that's using the same, mm-hmm. same thing. I, the other thing I, I think about with all this too, is just, you know, we see it more from like a marketing side. I think this is where drip scripts is incredibly helpful because they have different scenarios you pick from when you're creating a sequence, which is super, super critical is just, you know, I, I, I hope people are taking this into account when they're going down this direction of not just picking something generic, maybe even that does isn't even quite, I mean, hopefully it's at least somewhat relevant to the programs they're doing, but I, I do fear that maybe some people are so desperate just to get content into their experience that they're, Hey, this has something to do with nutrition. I'm coaching around nutrition. Therefore I'm just going to run with it. And I think it's, you know, we see from the marketing side all the time, just the importance of alignment with who you're trying to engage with mm-hmm. that, you know, I, it'd be interesting to see what resources are out there just from a standpoint of something like a drip scripts for coaching, what content templates or sequences you can use based on what kind of scenarios. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, that's good homework for everybody who's, yeah. who's checking this out. Um, do some searching around, get back to us on that. Um, I think this is going to end up on YouTube. So there should be a comment section below us. <laughs> Throw in there what you find. I'm curious to dig through um, what some of the pre-baked content that's being uh, being sold, resold, and and just set up for you that you can take advantage of looks like at this point. I think one of the first versions of this, I'd say the first iteration was the whole recipe direction, like the whole concept of, hey, I'm going to have a recipes because that was a really easy thing to outsource. Yeah. Just, I'm thinking what's probably happened is that there's been a ripple effect from the recipes. I don't know if we'll call it the recipe paradox. Maybe we'll, we'll classify it if that was some kind of thing that happened back in the day and now that's sparked this whole evolution. But <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. It's also you know, a good example of something that you, know, you can make endless tweaks to a recipe. Yeah. Um, it's a really good metaphor for like a you know, blog content, for example. You know, sort of recipes of what you're creating um, that you put your own spin on and, you know, curate in your own way and you can deliver significant value from it without mm-hmm. quite as much of a, you know, from start to finish effort, especially if you're kind of, you know, early in an independent coaching business, um, have limited resources, a small business. These are kinds of the scrappy activities that you need to find a way to do. Do you think, so here's a question for you, the, cause I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are probably wondering this too you know, with the evolution of the types of content that are being produced at this point, you know, you know, systems like Snapchat, TikTok have made just video and Facebook have made just video so prominent that are we getting to the point where the client expects that more of kind of video based content or, or at least audio, some, something that's, that's not written. I mean, do we feel like that's almost where it's going? Cause I mean, that's obviously going to be a harder thing to outsource than written content. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that kind of where it's going? Do you think, I mean, how do you see this evolving? Well, I think it's an inherently easier way to get across authenticity. Yeah, um, definitely agree with that. Only so many people, I mean, this is not a shot at anyone. Writing is a very specific skill set. It's hard to like come across in the written word in a way that just screams authenticity. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do it well. Um, and it's certainly, you know, a goal of a lot of the content even we put together. But mm-hmm you know, you, you, you really have to think through kind of your own style. Um, some people just come naturally to it. So I, I don't necessarily mean everyone has to like think about a style guide and all that stuff. Um, some people just are really comfortable in their own skin and have their own voice that really comes across right in the written word. But 
you know, it's hard not to feel a certain authenticity if someone is going to sit down and record something and have their face and mm-hmm. real genuine emotional expressions as they're reacting to what's going on in, in the world and, and talking about things that they're passionate about. It's just going to come across a certain way. Um, so I think with how easy it is to hit the record button on a computer, on a phone, um, and put it out on different channels that people are spending time on, Instagram, TikTok, which I know almost nothing about, which I think makes me old already. I think we, I think we finally got to that point, the new social media platforms. I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know what that, you know, those, yeah. those whippersnappers with those. Uh, yep. It's it's beyond me already. I, I, I'm feeling an urge right now to go out my front door and yell, get off my lawn. Um, it's all, it's all happening really fast. Yeah. The world moves fast, man. <laughs> this will be, speaking of engagement and coaching, maybe this is what we need. Maybe, maybe this is our moment, Phil, where we're now going to become TikTok gurus and we're going to post this on TikTok potentially. Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't think this would work on TikTok. Let's start with YouTube then. We need, we need music, right? Is that how that works? <laughs> where dancing comes in as well, like flossing or something. Oh God. We, we should like stop, shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, on those lines all right this all i mean the content questions i think i hope you know this is obviously a lot of just ideating on the fly which i think you know if you're listening you can you can bring value to this by again sharing some comments below with what you find out there in terms of content that just can be uh tweaked and curated rather than created from scratch um, and resources that you're using um but this all also connects with the idea that you brought up earlier, which is the idea of transitioning, maybe whether it's transitioning from, you know, in-person onsite, whatever, to an online coaching program. And you're trying to think of whether you should be using your kind of global business brand versus some mm-hmm. different yeah. digital brand. Um, you know, putting, putting out content that is, you know, whether it's pre-baked and, and tweaked or it's uh, created from scratch, you know, part of that is that it needs to align with a certain identity that you're putting across within your brand. And, and when you get to the question of, of branding an actual program, um, does it fit with what you already have is an important question that people are asking. Um, and I think there's a lot of, a lot of kind of nuance that we can touch on here, but one of the interesting areas that we've come across it recently and I don't know if you were going to go in this direction or not, Matt, because you were the one that brought this up. But when we work with partners that have things, other, other types of, of business that they're doing. So for example, they have products and stuff like that um, that are separate from their kind of coaching line, I would say. Those are, those strike me as areas where we're having this conversation a lot, whether as to whether they should be using their kind of primary business brand as their actual coaching brand for their online coaching. Yeah, they came up, I think, three different times over the past week, as I recall, from a couple different implementations. I mean, I, I think it's a tough, it is a tough question. And I think generally, because I, you know, it's funny, we actually had an email from, I think it was Sarah yesterday, or I did, regarding creating almost a, a separate, if she needed to create a separate Instagram account uh, yeah. for, the new, for her new concept. And it, it kind of all ties back to like what you would do in marketing. You know, it's really difficult if, it, you know, the way this started was we were talking about her website and she's got consumers and now she's talking about having something for coaches. And it's like, well, if you're going to have all of these people, which are two very distinct audiences come to your website or go to your Instagram page and your content is very much geared towards one, you're 
going to kind of either alienate one group or you're going to have to dilute your content down so much that you're not really talking to anybody. And then it's going to be difficult to capture leads and do all that stuff and, and nurture them appropriately. So it, in some cases, I think there's a, if it's something distinctly different, like you're talking about in that case, this was someone who had a consumer offering that was now doing an offering for a coach for yeah. coaching. Excuse me. I think that has to almost be in a way like a distinct brand. Yeah. I, if you were just talking about someone who has a, let's just say you have a facility or you, you, you know, you're a trainer or you're a coach of some kind, and now you're just incorporating a digital component to it. If it's something that's kind of a bolt on to what you're already doing, I don't necessarily think you need a new brand, but if you're talking about spinning up them as something that's fully remote, I think there's an argument to be made if, if maybe there that does require kind of a relaunch or a refreshment of brand to kind of better maybe align with what people's expectations are for something that's more kind of tech enabled, maybe is a good way to put it. Yeah, I think you hit on some really good ideas and important ways to probably frame it to yourself if you're struggling with this. One, is it a fundamentally different product line or conceptually a totally different thing? Two, is the target audience totally different? And that might be the most important one, like you said, like if Sarah had this one group or this one um, uh, line of business that was consumer driven and now she's launching something that's more of a coach to coaches model, totally different target audience. You don't want to muddle those two audiences together mm -hmm. probably. That's a really compelling reason to launch under a different brand. Yeah. Um, so I like those two as kind of the primary drivers of making that decision. Um, the only way that I can think that we've run into that problem before, just based on our experiences, um, we've sort of launched and relaunched our podcast a couple times. And we always within that run into the question, should we launch this on a new thread and under a new brand? Or should we just continue with kind of the existing podcast thread that we have going? Yeah. We've done both basically once. We continued on the same thread once and we rebranded it once, totally. And yet nobody listens to us either way. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why we record Friday happy hours now on YouTube. Yeah, happy hours. We're out of content ideas. It's gone gone south quickly. No, no, I, I, like I said, I actually think this is probably one of our better concepts because I, as I mentioned to you earlier, I don't really feel like there's a good destination to get at the moment, kind of what's, what's happening in the industry, what are people really struggling with and what's, what's working. And that's my hope is these conversations will just be kind of a recap of the week. And it's, Hey, look, this is what we heard. This is absolutely the latest um, in kind of any cool concepts, drip scripts. That was kind of the first thing that we hit on. I don't know. I'm trying to think other gold nuggets of wisdom or tools that we've encountered this week. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think spend some time against that idea of deciding when in your business it's worthwhile to um, pick up something that's already developed and curate it rather than create your own from scratch because you only have so much time and resources to develop or to dedicate to some of these things. Um, so again, I would love to see, you know, I know this is going to be our first one that we're posting on YouTube. So I can't imagine the comment section is going to fill up, but if you guys stumble across anything, throw it underneath here. Um, we'll get this party started pretty quickly because we're going to be doing this every week, whether anyone listens or not. It's Mac talking to his cat. Um, <laughs> I may just get bored this weekend and record four, four more. I don't know. We'll see. We what could happens. do that too. Yeah. If we get bored, um, there's not a ton else going on in COVID season, huh? <laughs>
Yeah. Well, I think this has been a good start. Is there anything else we, we should tackle before we call it a day for, for this one? I think, I think just good, as you mentioned, I think it's a, a good question and a, a good time to kind of take a step back and be thinking about the role of content in your business and thinking about, you know, if you are someone that's thinking about going remote or going digital, thinking about how that weaves into your, if, if, if you already have an established brand, how that weaves in, or if this is something new, I think that question is a really important one. I will say to this, I have seen and we have worked with companies that I felt like tried to position themselves as too kind of too slick, too hip, too 21st century remote coaching too quickly to the point where I think it actually, they lost a little bit from going that direction that I felt like it actually was almost confusing to people. Mm -hmm. um, to relying on technology that, that we've talked about before in implementations can actually turn some people off if they think like, hey, I'm not somebody who's comfortable, like maybe this is not for me. And so I think it is a really important question to ask yourself in terms of that, that role of content, but the role of brand as well. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta be genuine in terms of who you are, but also what you can continue to deliver in a valuable way. So if you, know, you can only deliver so much value as a high-end technology company, maybe take it easy on how far you wanna go in that direction. Well, I'll say right now, as we look to next week, I can already tell you I have a lot of calls and a lot of meetings scheduled. So we'll have to just debrief on Friday and see how, see how they go and see what we pick up. Heck yes. Uh, more value next week. Well, let's wrap it up for this one. Um, enjoy Champions League. Enjoy NBA, guys. Um, uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>